What's going on, guys? I'm Alex. Welcome to another episode of the BSR Show. We are the Black Series Rebels. With me, as always, is my boy, Stephen Ellis. Hey, everybody. And down below, looking slick. You can't see him, but his hair is greased and he's looking fly. Our boy, Cisco Kid. How's it going, buddy? Oh, I'm doing great, boys. It's so good to be here with you, my boys. It's Thursday. We're almost to the holidays. I like the Thursday show. It's like a it's like a fun catch up with what's going on in the world. Cisco, what's going on with you this week? Oh, this week I am actually getting ready to wrap up uh, before a week off of work. So I'm just kind of like got a little senioritis. So I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> so what, what is senioritis to Cisco? What does that mean? It just means I'm like, I'm kind of like just counting down the days before I can just like actually play some video games again while the kids are out. I'm picturing, you get Miles, I'm picturing you get Miles Morales. Oh, I did, but I haven't started it because I haven't finished the first Spider-Man game yet. Sarah's name's in the credits, so they used I know, her. we talked so about it. We talked you'll have about to tell it. Me, you'll have to tell me if uh, you hear her. I'm I'll pick- be, uh, I'll be, I've been seeing her a lot in uh, State Farm commercials, though. <laughs> oh, Ge- Geico. 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 Geico, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's funny. I picture Cisco sort of on the last legs of his Halloween stash of candy. Uh, Not even close. Nice. (laughs) Cisco still has all his teeth. And it actually got uh, replenished a little bit this weekend because my niece, my brother's brother's daughter turned two, and they had a little get-together on Sunday. And so both of the girls got little grab bags of of goodies. So I've just been been wearing out this bag. Oh, Cisco's wearing out them. What are those? Punch sticks? What is that? Sour punch dogs. Oh, sour punch. These are these are hot dogs. Gummy hot dogs. (laughs) This is a this is a gummy coke. Oh, Cisco's got the like end of the weird pier candy shop candy. Gummies. Do not disrespect. Oh, no disrespect. No disrespect. Fruity is not bottom of the line. This is like not saying bottom of the line. I'm just saying normally I don't I don't necessarily see that. That's the Lamborghini of gummy hot dog. Show some fucking respect. <laughs> e, e fruity. How dare you? E fruity gummies are the best food gummies. Okay. Like, because okay. SpongeBob has the shitty hamburger. You don't want to fuck with them crab, Krabby Patties. Those are okay. bad. Okay, I'm just gonna give myself this then. You shush. Yeah, you <laughs> dick, Steve. What's going on with you this week? Uh, buddy, you know it's been kind of crazy, but been good. It looks like instead of senioritis, I'm on like my last trip of a couple days of not having a lot to do because it looks like i'm going to be in the thick of it back in the workplace so that's good but working from home uh so that's good uh watching a lot of the queen's gambit i took a week break from the survivor i got back up on the survivor yesterday pause pause right when you said that you're like i've been watching the queen's gambit i almost went badass to the queen's gambit (laughs) (laughs) oh wait i did watch something that i really liked i watched the vow the, oh. the movie the the documentary series on oh. hbo max uh, I, oh I've, I've been wanting to watch that. i have like two like i have like the last episode of that left and i gotta be honest with you i watched the last that from, two I, watched, I watched that from the day it started uh the first you, episode and i gotta be honest with you they stretched that fucking shit out to like nine episodes uh, it only needed to be three they repeat that not, shit so many times i don't know how to tell you this but the last two episodes are fucking nuts oh i bet but the four leading up to it it's all the same episode I don't know, but yeah, I like that show a lot. It's and, good. Uh, it's good. Apparently, there's a there's another one on Stars that I'm about oh, to yeah. hop on. I watch that one too. Oh yeah. So you're watching you're watching Queen's Gambit though, Stevo. Yeah, I like. I, dude, I gotta be honest with you. It it's a good one. It's a good one. 
She's basically it's a period piece. She's basically I just, know what it is. She's basically just <laughs> popping pills and beating fools at chess. And um, I know that sounds boring, but it was one of those things where my wife played the trailer and we were trying to find something to watch. And at that point, I just said, I'll watch the first episode. And then we just binged it. And I thought it was great. That is uh, on my list. I'll probably catch that next week. Uh, this week, I I prepared for a little episode that we're going to be taping next week. So I did a little. Uh, I won't say anything, but I was I was just doing a little bit of homework. I was watching some some classic animation that is notorious with the month of November. I was having some fun, so I had a nice little like. Uh, binge of this studio's movies i was having a blast watching that and then i've been um everybody as you guys know on this show i've been really back on my bike i've been trying to ride more just because like i don't know if you guys feel this but like i have real screen fatigue right now so like just so much like zoom calls and then like on my phone and then watching movies at night i've just found myself on the weekends which is unlike me, not wanting to watch a movie until later, like not wanting to watch a lot of TV just to get a break from the screen. So I've been waking up early and riding my bike. This last week, I rode my bike from Burbank up to the top of the Glen Oaks Hills and then rode those hills into Glendale. Nice. And then Glendale up to Griffith Park and then Griffith Park out to Forest Lawn all the way up into like uh, where uh nbc and warner brothers is for those of you that don't understand he's talking about los angeles and that's a really big crazy square route that he just did that's like going to like six major cities in my opinion (laughs) it's like it's like 30 miles probably when you add it all up but it's not um uh what's fun about it is is that you get kind of a taste of a lot of la with obviously without the beach like the West side, but you get kind of Hills, you get some city, you get some like Griffith park vibes, you get some Valley vibes. It's a fun little ride. So I I did that this week. And then the other, and while I've been doing that, I've been really into this band who their new record comes out tomorrow. And this is just, I'm throwing out a recommendation for folks that maybe are fans of like Tony Thaxton or Nick from Bayside, but it's this band. I am the avalanche. Their new album dive comes out tomorrow. And it's, the first three singles are fucking great. And I've been just really like diving into their old catalog while I've been writing. So a fun musical recommendation for the people, for the people. Oh, for you know the what I mean? See, that's what I'm talking about, guys. We're staying on task. We're happy. We're fucking doing homework for this show. People think, yeah, guys, I, people think we just phone this shit in. No, we're doing homework, people. Homework. I did Never homework that. all weekend for this show. And I got to be honest. I'm looking at the news segment right now. Steve <laughs> did his homework. So with that being said, hey, Steve. Uh, yeah, Alex. What's going on this week in Rad News? <music> OMG, it's Rad News. Steve, what's going on? OMG. Uh, there's a lot going on in rad news, guys. Hey, we were talking about this uh, recently, about posters we've missed out on. Uh, I saw a cool, nice little article. Mondo, um, they're going to be holding a f- like fundraising auction where they're going to auction off um, the founder of Drafthouse, Tim League's like personal collection of rare Mondo posters. So if you've ever been into like the Tyler Stout um start basically Jermaine's collection essentially Jermaine Lucier yeah. uh it, 
you know, if you've been into any of their like super rare posters, uh, this this is your chance to 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 score one. Bidding starts at a dollar. Um, so yeah, I think that's pretty interesting, pretty cool. I know that I've always loved the Tyler Stout um, trilogy poster set for Star Wars. Is that the ones that's like the silhouettes of the characters? And yes. then The planet is in their body. Yeah, yes. those are pretty rad. Yeah. You guys got any Mondo posters that uh, you've come across over the years that you're like, damn, I wish I could own? Uh, there's a couple of Get Out posters that I really wish that I had had bid on. There's one of him like falling into the sunken place that I'm like, oh man, that would have been so rad. Uh, surprisingly, not a lot of Scott Pilgrim ones, and I'm never particularly super jazzed on the Ghostbuster ones. Uh, I know that they just released one that I'm now bummed out on, but what I'm really into are the Mondo vinyls, which they've been kind of like kind of juicing up and doing more of those, but I always fucking miss them and I can't be mad. We do the same thing with our pins, so I can't really be frustrated. I miss them. It is what it is. Yeah. If I really want it, I can go on eBay. Uh, unfortunately. So just so you guys know, the proceeds will go towards paying draft house staff um, and for debt and expenses accrued during the pandemic closures. That's, Amazing. That's, a, that's really cool. Uh, Are so there any Mondo posters you want Cisco? Uh, I don't know if they made posters of these, but um there's this comic book artist jock who has done I, I don't know if they're prints or if they're like uh like steelbook uh renditions of certain things so that he did like a, a an artist thing for the raid um the raid redemption um that's really cool i don't know if they ever did a, a poster for it but he's done a couple of different themes his, his name is spelled j-o-c-k um but his art style is really good and i like it a lot and um, I think they did a, a cool poster for I'm not a big poster guy, but Big Trouble in Little China is one of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah. And I bought the the Big Trouble in Little China vinyl that Mondo did uh, the vinyl that Mondo did. And um, I think they probably did a poster too. actually my I think my vinyl might have come with a poster. That's pretty cool. Um, but dude, Mondo does really cool stuff. I actually I really dig the um, what are the the like pamphlet zines that they do for certain movies like they did one for uh once upon it's a like time the birth death movies yes. yeah the bmd yes. yeah. yeah 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 dude that i really like those i have i have the one that they did for star wars right before rise of the resistance and then the one they released right before or for um once upon a time in hollywood and i really like both of those nice nice so yeah the- mondo's rad I, I i think what mondo does is really cool i i'm not like a super addicted collector to them but they do a lot of really cool stuff I missed out on a newfound glory vinyl that was so cool. And I'm so pissed off that I missed it. Such a bummer. Uh, Well, for those of you that don't want to miss this auction, that's going on November 29th and it ends on December 13th. And Tim league also goes on to say that um, the site they're using emo e movie poster.com. It will not allow like bots and hacks and whatnot to be able to, to win these posters is what they're claiming. So, um, Check it out. Mondo's got a great back catalog of just some stuff. If you go look at Mondo on eBay, it's it's pretty insane. Um, speaking of um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, this isn't in the notes, but uh, it was announced this week that Tarantino just signed a book deal. Uh, he's actually going to be a two-book deal. One of the books is going to be he's actually going to write the novelization for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, and then he's also going to do a book that's like a bunch of essays and stories and stuff about sort of 70, like an ode to seventies, um, uh, movies. And 
in terms of the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood book, it's going to be done very much in the vein of like the 70s style movie novelizations. And so um, that was something that I thought was pretty interesting this week. Um, that sounds cool. I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think it's funny because Tarantino is known for his scripts just being littered with grammatical errors. Look at and the, just be just look at the cover page, the, the cover page of the Inglorious Bastards script. I mean, it's handwritten and it's inglorious. Yeah, spelled it's kind of amazing. So like when Tarantino says he's going to write a novel, he means he's going to shout a novel at a ghostwriter. Or some editor. Some editor is going to have a serious uh, spell check yeah. <laughs> marathon. For sure. Um, speaking of directors, Francis Ford Coppola. Now, I know that personally, I don't think we've ever talked about it on the show. Personally, we've gotten into discussions about this in the past, I know. Um, I'm actually a be- uh, I'm not a hater of the Godfather 3 original movie. I, I, I've It's one of those ones that, like many movies, I force myself to watch and I, I find gems in them. However, um, Godfather 3 has been re-edited and reshuffled, and there's some scenes that were never put in it by Coppola, as well as it's been remastered into 4K. Now, a little backstory on Godfather 3. Um, the studio basically forced him to abide by a certain time frame, and I forget what it was, but it's pretty insane the amount of time he had from when he started filming to when it needed to be put out in theaters. And so it was sort of this rush process. At least that's what he's he's claiming. Um, and anyways, this is the the Godfather Part Three, now called Mario Puzo's The Godfather, um, Coda: The Death of Michael Corleone. Um, it's coming out. It's going to be playing in theaters for a couple of days, and then it's going to be available on 4K and digital and everything. What do you guys think? Uh, I like The Godfather Part Three. You know what I mean? I think that obviously i don't have to say that it's just doesn't live up to godfather one and two but that's doesn't mean it's a bad movie um the you know the only thing i don't like about the movie is sophia's performance and that i mean yeah that's it yeah and you can't really blame her and that was you guys know the backstory on that that it was winona Ryder, and then something happened at the in the first few days of filming where she she had to leave or something she had like the either a breakdown or some kind of like a, a situation with like her shoplifting or whatever right something i don't think it was, the i don't time? No, no no shoplifting was many years later oh uh, okay there, there was something that happened i i just i don't know i don't i don't really know the whole thing but this new never this new version is going to basically have never before seen um features a new it's going to features uh i'm sorry i cannot talk tonight uh, it's going to be a new beginning, a new ending, restored footage and sound, and rearranged scenes, shots, and music cues. Um, Coppola declares the picture has been given new life. I'm more interested in this than I am in the Justice League Snyder Cut. So, <laughs> I think if he manages to cut this into a movie that people will like, it would be pretty amazing if somebody was like, you know what? That actually is a fitting finale to Godfather 1 and 2. I would consider that to be a pretty incredible success if he's able to pull that off. Do I think that a lot's going to change? Pro- probably not. <laughs> if I'm if I'm just being honest, like I don't know how much footage he has, what type of music cues. It's so funny because be. Alex, I'm right there with you and I completely agree, and that's exactly what I was thinking when I heard about this a couple months ago. And like any sucker I watched the fucking new trailer for it that they've made for it. And I'm like, yep, going to watch it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll probably watch it too. <laughs> I'm just 
being uh, probably, I'll, I, you know what? I'll keep it rad. I bet it's better than Godfather 3. <laughs> I bet it's yeah. better than the original Godfather 3. I'll just keep uh, yeah. it rad. I mean, I that's all like, I'm going to say. It's something that's a, it's an interesting exercise, I think. Yeah, I'm just, I'm also like one of these folks. I don't really go crazy for people going back in to their work to like re mess with it. I think that I'm not crazy about the star Wars special editions. I think that the original movies are historical documents that it's, I think it's kind of unfortunate that people don't have access to them. I think that actually is kind of a crime. They are a product of the era that they were made and that say that people should only be allowed to watch the one from the nineties where a bunch of, now incredibly outdated technology was put into a movie that now everything just looks outdated in it in a weird way. It just doesn't, I don't see the reason to do it. Now, Francis Ford Coppola is not the type of person to go in and like mess around and constantly be doing stuff like this. Is he? Cause he, did he do it for apocalypse now? Did you do another Apocalypse Now cut? Well, there's, they did, the, they they did, did a redux. There's an extended they did a redux, and like the last, the, the, when when Godfather came to Blu-ray, it's called the Coppola Collection, where he oversaw the restoration and some stuff. That's and, that's whatever. That means know. he just watched it and said, like, way to clean those film reels. Like he hasn't done like the Jack Ultimate cut, where like he makes Jack into like just a really fun good movie. Not yet. No. Uh, no. Okay. No, All yet. right. So I, I think what I'm basically saying is like. I hope that I hope that Francis has found peace with his with his time with Godfather Three at the end of this process. <laughs> when you say Francis, I think of Pee Wee. Sorry, Francis. <laughs> uh, this it's going to be really hard to keep this next piece of news rad. But I what's just this next I piece just threw news? it in. I guess we'll talk about it. Uh, so uh, Twitter today, actually, when we're recording this, um, has launched. A new function called Fleets. Basically, it's Instagram stories for Twitter, and it's basically Twitter's version of, hey, you want to tweet something but have it disappear and not be permanent on your your Twitter page. Um, that launched today. Um, I didn't need to read all of them or or many of them, but just firing it up Twitter this morning, I could tell people had lots of opinions. All I have to say is, fucking edit button. Why don't you get us an edit button, and then we'll talk about your fleets like it, it's but don't you think silly. that the edit button is also sort of like if the edit button is removed is is added to twitter then it's just all gloves are off like at least without the edit button you can kind of see who are the idiots no I, I like i i don't i personally don't like the idea of an edit button i think that i want there i i like the idea of the record being permanent of like people's dumb thoughts you know what i mean like you shouldn't be able to go back and change it and then nobody know that you changed it i think that if they could figure out a way which i know they can if they can if they can track my eyeballs through my webcam they can certainly figure out a way to have some type of siri or ai recognize when you're breaking the like let's say i wrote like fuck that and it wrote duck that like I don't, I think they should be able to recognize, like, hey, I want to go in and adjust a spelling error on but, my tweet. But I go, they know they can do that. They don't want to do that. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm saying to this inst- to just put an Instagram story in your thing. That's stupid too, because that breaks the soul of Twitter as well. Like that. This is not Twitter's not. This is not what it is. That that's yeah, a I totally don't think, different kind of social media. I don't. I don't think these 
stories are useful. I mean, I I haven't clicked on one. I don't care to. Um, it's just, I barely it's even just, click on Instagram stories as it is. But um, yeah, I, I'm sort of ambivalent about the idea of an edit button on Twitter. But, you know, I could either, if it happens, fine, whatever, I'll live with it. If they don't, I'm also fine with it. Like I, I, I find grammatical errors in my tweets all the time. And I'm just kind of like, well, that happened. Fuck it. Whatever. <laughs> Move on. I think as somebody who who tries to tweet funny stuff, nothing frustrates me more than when I fuck up a my my chubby thumbs fuck up a punchline. I'm the worst sure. texter on the planet, so it just drives me nuts from that perspective because I'm constantly tweeting like the worst shit on Twitter. I'm like, oh god damn it, and I well, have to delete it. I mean, you guys know I'm the I'm the weirdo that constantly is correcting myself in the tweets or in our text message threads with my yeah. spelling errors. Oh, dude, I'm, 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 I've written more spelling correction asterisks than probably anyone in the world. Like that's <laughs> yeah. my, it truly yeah. like if I, I guarantee you on my gravestone, it'll be misspelled and there'll be an asterisk at the end Same. of it and everyone will laugh and they'll go, yep, that was what it was like talking to Alex. Cause he's just like, my brain is going 10 bajillion miles a minute and my thumbs just can't, can't keep, keep up, up yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah. It just can't keep up. Aye, uh, aye. Whatever. Cool. Tweets, <sighs> fleets. Don't care. Cisco. What's next? Cisco, you love that name I saw on Twitter, though. I think Fleets is a dumb name. Like, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I don't get it. it. It doesn't like, it doesn't like when I hear somebody say, "Oh, did you check out somebody's Fleets?" I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be like, "Oh, that thing on Twitter." Like, whatever. Makes me think of Fleet Feet at the end of my street that takes up all yeah. the goddamn Fleets, parking on my so, street. Yeah, like, does anybody know what it, does it? Is it tying in with? Is it like fleeing tweets? Is that it's what like, it is? It's a fleeting tweet. Fleeting, it's fleeting. So it's gone before you know it. It's fleeting. Yep. Hey, yeah. Cisco, you're a big uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air fan, aren't you? Oh, oh yeah, a little bit, bro. You got HBO Max? Ah, uh, yeah. Are you gonna watch the Fresh Prince of Bel Air reunion special when it premieres on November nineteenth, bro? Which I think is the day this episode's airing. That's not even a question. Nah, you're you're I, all. I've in. already I've already watched it. You have. <laughs> no, in, in oh. uh, when this episode airs, I have already watched it. <laughs> so this thing was taped in September. It's the 30th anniversary of the show, and then at the in the trailer at the end of it, he reunites and brings back the original mm-hmm. Aunt Viv, who was it in the second season was no longer they on the a, show. I forget what season it was, but they had a notorious falling out. Um, so I'm interested. I'm I'm happy to see that they've uh, mended that. It looks like because um, it wasn't that long ago when it seemed like they were not <laughs> going to be mending it. I mean, she was that actress was tweeting stuff like oh, I feel like she I feel like there year. was I feel like there was videos of her on like TMZ calling out Will and this year she was doing that. So yeah. it's a it's it's kind of cool that they're being able to do that. But I'll tell you this, man. I watch the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air every single morning when I'm getting ready. <laughs> it's on in the background on VH1. I love it. Oh, I my love, absolute favorite sitcom of all time. So I love that I you're. I love that your opening rad montage every morning is you fucking getting laced up, slicked back with the Fresh Prince of Bel Air plan. I love that. Yes, sir. Fantastic. Uh, you guys, Conan <laughs> O'Brien fans? Uh, sure. No, but I'm I'm a late night. I mean, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Conan O'Brien fan probably as much as anyone here is a Conan O'Brien fan. Yeah, I was I was pretty heavy hard into Conan and late night television for a long time. I definitely was introduced to a lot of bands through Conan's, you know, earlier, um, Hmm. 
earlier talk shows. But Conan O'Brien, it is official. After 28 years, uh, he will be giving up his late night show life, uh, at least for now, at TBS. Um, the show is going to end in 2021, and he's going to start doing a weekly variety series on HBO Max. I was going to say, I get I, my guess would be is that he goes and does something along the lines of like Letterman's. Uh, uh, my next, uh, my, uh, my next guest needs no introduction. I think it'll be more in the vein of the, um, the. Sh- I don't know about you guys, but I actually went to the the Conan show that he did when he went on tour uh, when he got fired from the Tonight Show and didn't have the TBS deal yet and couldn't be on television. Um, I think it's going to be a much in in the vein of that where it's live musical performances and sketches yeah. and and those kinds of things. He's also going to be doing still doing his like he does these specials every year where he like travels somewhere. Like they went mm. to Cuba and anyways, he's also going to be doing like a travel show like that as well. So Nice. So no more Jordan Schlasky. <laughs> that makes me sad cuz he's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan Schlasky is probably my favorite like little bit that they do on that show. Jordan Schlasky and Triumph are my two favorite things about Conan, the history of Conan. Yeah. Um Triumph is just fucking legendary shit. I love I love Triumph the insult dog. I love I it'll it's sad but 28 years. I think uh, and I, I actually really love Letterman's Netflix show. I think it's actually fantastic and I think that great interviewers like Conan, like Letterman, even like Howard Stern, I think that uh there's especially in this world of like kind of the podcast realm i think there's really space for long drawn out conversations and interviews and i would love some of these folks to get away from these like five minute surface like it's kind of pointless like you really don't need to watch conan talk to oh i don't know like pick whatever actor is in the upcoming movie that comes out that week for a 10 minute surface thing that you've already seen on the internet 900 times right from other fan sites like right. i think it would be really cool to see conan stretch his skill into another another platform i think that's a, i think this is a good idea yeah no i i agree i think no uh, offense to late night because late night is well i think but i think what steven steven colbert is carrying thy banner let's let him i th- i just think that, that late night is in a i especially now you know in the new era we're hopefully going in i think late night will transform pretty heavily um and i think the era of your standard sort of and it already has in the last like 10 years or whatever when with everyone trying to be the next um you know click bait views on youtube versus the ratings on the show with having like the best three minute little bite i think um letterman doing these long forms are great i think he beat stern to the punch on that i think stern could have done that a long time ago and and done really well with it. Um, but yeah, no, we'll, we'll see what happens with Conan. I think he's a I know good I'd, guy. I, I'd like to see John Stewart do something like that. Well, it was just announced. I, and I, I cut that he out is. of the news a week or two ago. It was announced. Uh, John Stewart will be doing a new, um, a new John Stewart show on Apple, Apple plus, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's gonna be Apple TV plus, And it's basically like, kind of his uh this week tonight where it's but one topic the whole way yeah so he's gonna choose the topic and stay on that topic the whole episode it's gonna right. be fantastic yeah no i'm it's excited be great. for that um i have a correction well not a correction at the time it, th- this this happened the day after our episode 
Um, and I had mentioned that WandaVision was set to premiere uh, in December. That was the case, but then the day after, Disney Plus announced that it's now been pushed to January 15th, 2021. So you're going to have to wait about three or four more weeks. Cool. I think that's fine. I wouldn't have been watching it over Christmas time anyway, so this right. is good. Something to look forward to in the new year. Start 2021 off on a on a on the good foot. How do you feel about that, Cisco? Uh, geez, as long as it's good, I don't care how long I have to wait for it. Agreed. Love it. So, with that being said, that's all I got for you this week. That's all we got going on in the news. But I say we keep this little tradition going. What do you guys say we get hyped once again on another episode of The Mandalorian? Steve, hit it! Mandalorian Chapter 11, The Heiress, has premiered on Disney+. Plus. Uh, this was the first episode that I did not watch at midnight. I was just too fucking tired. So I, I caught it Friday morning. I woke up. Did a bike ride, came home, and I was like, oh, I, I need to catch The Mandalorian before it gets ruined for me on Twitter. I'm glad that I did watch it early because clearly there was some big stuff that uh, dropped. Uh, Cisco, what did you think of this episode? Keeping it rad? Keeping it, keeping it rad, but also, yeah. remember, being honest is rad. Of course, of course. Keeping it rad, I liked it. It's my least favorite of the three episodes of this season so far. Interesting. Why um, is that? I just felt like nothing happened. Okay. That's yeah, a fair. Like, I just felt like, fair. Uh, to me, this was the most boring. And then I also have no uh, relation to any of the characters from from uh, Clone Wars or Rebels, so I don't care about them. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool to see other people in Mandalorian armor and stuff like that. And then the, I mean, obviously we're going to talk spoilers, but um the allusion to ahsoka so um again like i know of her i don't I'm, I'm not in love with her the way many fans are which is you know nothing wrong with that um but i'll be excited to see her when we do get to her eventually but yeah for the, for me this episode was fun um but just didn't keep me very um riveted i guess would be the right word well i think we've flopped I this is actually my favorite of the new season. I thought it was pretty well paced. I thought it was very well directed. I was very interested from top to bottom. Uh, I loved like the fact I was like, oh my gosh, we're on Mon Call. Like, look at all the Admiral Akbar's running around and all the Corins. I was like, this is pretty cool. Uh, you know, I had I you know Frog Lady still had some fun moments. Uh, and I, I don't even know necessarily that I was like, oh my gosh, it's Bo-Katan. I, I wasn't like freaking out, but I, I definitely found myself incredibly invested in this episode for some reason. Um, yeah, I was just kind of into it. I totally hear what you're saying though about nothing really happened. Like, it's weird. I think I've just kind of come to accept the fact that like, I'm just going to have to like the Mandalorian as a Star Wars fan and, and have it be what it is and not get precious with it. I found myself watching all of the Mandalorian making of stuff this week because I like the episode so much. And I've been really trying to sort of reframe and sort of get back to my Star Wars fandom pre being on a Star Wars podcast. And the Mandalorian is serving as a good way for me to do that. And this show, I just I just kind of had fun with it. I was like, yeah, this is this is great. 
I like the Mandalorian and I turned it off and I went about my day. What did you think, Steve? It's so funny because like Cisco, you, I, I'm, I'm, I do not hide the fact that I, the, the tunes are just not my thing. And you meant so, the cartoons, not the tunes, like the, the animated score. series. The tunes are not your thing. The tunes, the <laughs> tunes are not my thing. Um, Star Wars Tiny Tunes, <laughs> and that's not a that's not a dig on them at all. It's not without a lack of trying. I don't know how many times I need to say that. Um, this is probably my favorite episode of the season. I think that um, while we still had the same sort of things where. The Mando needs to go somewhere to talk to the guy to get to the thing to go to the place to find the guy or or person. Um, that's fine. I felt like a lot. I feel like the story progressed in this episode more than the last two. And I felt like there was some serious classic um, Star Wars moments. Hmm. Yeah, I think that. I think that this show, it, it's interesting. It's it just like you really don't know what you're going to get from week to week. And it's really interesting to see what resonates with different people. Like some people really didn't like that second episode. And I was like, that one dominated the first episode. You know, it's just really interesting. Some people were like, nah, I don't really care about fish people. Don't care about the eggs. Some people were very upset about Baby Yoda eating the eggs. They're just like a lot of like people are just very it's just fascinating with Star Wars fans. You just never know how they're gonna we're react. Always really excited time. and always really yeah. fucking. Also, I believe stuff. I believe on this show, I know I shouldn't have said it, and I'm sorry I said it, but I think I said that Gina Carano was unmuzzled by Disney. I believe that was my exact phrase I used. Well, she blocked me on Twitter, so I got what <laughs> you I deserved. Got, you got blocked by Carano? I got blocked by Gina Carano. What did you tweet at her? I don't know, man. She was tweeting some dumb shit about not wearing a mask. And I just said, this is fucking dumb. I like quote tweeted her. I said, you're dumb. And then she blocked me. <laughs> oh, man. Now, listen, I, I'm going to I'm going to say this about the show. So uh, what I didn't appreciate or it's not even the right word. I don't even know how to say this, but what I didn't enjoy or the reason why I didn't enjoy this episode as much as the first two, I guess, is because um. You know, and this is not, I'm not saying this in a negative way, but the episode felt like fan service to the fans that have been clamoring for more Rebels and Clone Wars. More than that fucking ending in the first episode? Yeah, a thousand times really? more. Right, yeah. I felt like they fucking did something. They progressed like some history and like a little bit of like lore as opposed to just fucking wink and nod at the camera. How? First of all, the fight scenes with fucking. The night owls, right? That's what they're called. I don't know. I think I, I don't know. The man, yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Bo Katan and the other two, and sort of her bringing up the fact that he 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 adheres to the offshoot faction of the Mandalorians. The is it the Watch or something the that were actually more like trying to go back to their more barbaric or old like a ways radical and thing. radical side. And like, to sure. me, that was just like way more interesting than just like cut to bald guy or even like, Hey, Boba Fett, but not Boba Fett, but Boba Fett, but not Boba Fett. I don't know. 
I just felt like this episode it, at least I think used those things to sort of. I, I think you guys are talking about different things. I think you guys are talking about different things. Cisco said this felt like an episode for people that were clamoring for Clone Wars and Rebels to get mixed into the live action space. That's absolutely what it is. Like, right. Without people question, have been, people have been asking for uh, all of the characters that they love from those those animated series, and so in, they got into one. their live actions. Right? Like they got. Yeah, into yes. the live action, they got one for sure, and then they got a reference to a major one that we've been expecting. Which I'm so, going to talk about that for, in a second. But for, I have sure. An and, on that. for sure, but and like, I don't have a problem with fan service. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I, I am a fan of fan service. I like it oh, sure. when my fandom is serviced. I, li I enjoy being serviced by Lucasfilm. Is what I'm trying to say. So that is not a bad thing. I'm just saying that for me. Because I am not a fan of those things, I don't have an emotional attachment to these things, and so it didn't resonate as much. So I think I enjoyed the episode. So I think on my end is I'm just like you, where I like if anything, I was watching this episode because it had kind of gotten spoiled on Twitter as to what happens um, the day it aired or whatever. Did, now hold on, for me. Now, but no, no, no. But regardless, I had also heard rumblings for years about particular cameos my point is i went into this episode with a much more critical eye of seeing how they were going to fucking in my going into it how are they going to crowbar this shit in as fan service and i left it going wow i feel like it belonged and i feel like it was actually sort of it wasn't just thrown in there i felt like it actually serviced the story and, right. and, and i heard it here forward, first folks Steve's favorite Star Wars character is Bo-Katan. Take it yeah, to the bank. Steve, <laughs> Take that to the bank. I think you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. I'm not saying that, that I felt like anything was crowbarred in or that it it felt forced or any of that. Oh, don't, I'm sorry. Don't, I, don't I, misinterpret what I'm saying. Sorry, then I, saying. I, I totally must have misinterpreted what you were saying then. Yeah, that is, that is not what I'm saying at all. I don't feel like anything felt forced or cheesy or you know like anything like that. My I bad. just felt like, yeah, I, I feel like it it did what it was supposed to do, which is bring some of these characters and storylines into this world that we are now in. And then also, you know, um, further the story at the same time. too. Right. So, I apologize. I misunderstood when you, when you use the term fan service, the way you did, I just misinterpreted and took the connotation to mean. That's why it, I that tried to qualify it by saying so, that yeah. I'm not using fan service as a bad thing. I like fan service. It just, so, guys, and, and I just, just have go, to be a better listener. I'm sorry. That's okay. You got a lot going on over there with your radio deck, man. You're from a radio guy. I think that in Cisco, forget me, forgive me if I'm again, speaking out of turn for you, but it just sounds like, that those characters and that world doesn't particularly resonate with you. And because of that, this episode didn't particularly resonate with you. And that's fair. Yeah, enough. I think, and, and I will, I will also say this. They, they haven't resonated for me so far. That doesn't mean that they won't, you know what I mean? And if we yes. see them again, that doesn't mean that I won't be like, Oh, this, I like these characters and i yeah, like maybe this. when like the dark saber storyline starts to kind of flush out you go oh no i actually like this book because i mean katie right. is such an awesome actor see and i think like, that's the thing for me is it's like you you bring yeah up the, she was great oh she was fantastic but it's like you bring up the dark saber right and the dark saber in my opinion is another example of something when i think of fan service and i go <sighs> like i i was kind of like annoyed by it 
at the end of when when it was first brought up in the first season and just sort of in in my opinion that's the difference i think i'm finding with how they're using the bo-katan and and all of the the mandalore lore um in this particular episode i'm just finding it impersonally i'm having a much more positive reaction to how it's being used as opposed to sort of this like throwaway at the end of an episode for fan mm. service if that and makes see, sense and see so for me when the dark saber showed up at the end of the first season i didn't have that reaction at all because i have zero attachment to the the lore of the dark saber i don't know anything about that i don't know anything about you know, it's history in Star Wars canon. I just know that this fucking thing looks awesome. And this dude, this badass showed up with it and cut himself out of a fallen TIE fighter. And I'm like, I want to know more about that. That's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like for me, I'm not sitting there being like, oh, they fucking did this bullshit. And like, it's a, just a throwaway nonsense. That doesn't mean anything. Like that's exactly what me, I did. Right. <laughs> like that. I don't get that. And I didn't have that reaction in th- for this episode either. You know what I'm saying? Like that wasn't my reaction at all. I was just kind of like watching the show, just kind of like, oh, okay, that was that was a thing that happened. Like th- there was some very cool stuff that happened in this episode. I, the one part that I found to be an interesting choice, and I, I, I I'm unclear as to why they chose to do it this way, was to have her go, go to so-and-so planet there you will find ahsoka tano i i i found that to be a really i'm 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 actually more interested to see the next two episodes play out as to why they felt the need to just tell me that i'm gonna see ahsoka tano as opposed to like blow my fucking mind with you know ahsoka tano coming on screen to go ahead cisco sorry i have a theory and then you can you probably can disagree with this, but I have a theory. What's your theory? My theory is that they did that to keep people interested, like me, where I'm like, I don't care about these characters in this episode, but when I hear Ahsoka Tano, I'm gonna be like, oh, I know that character exists and why people love her, so I'm gonna be excited to see her coming sure. up soon. You want to know why I think? Why? I think it's because since the moment this show came out. There has been an issue with people who are aware of Star Wars but don't necessarily aren't seeped in it going, wait, is this Boba Fett? When does this take place? What is happening? I think that you still have a little bit of that in relation to The Mandalorian. And I think that with the introduction of some things in the first season that I, for right now, can't pinpoint off the top of my head that I think had to be explained to people who are not part of it, I think that by... By not, I think we've already have one at the end of the first episode with fucking homeboy playing Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. I think you already have you already have people. You already have Amber going. What the fuck is this? Who is that? And then you having to explain it. And I think with introducing Ahsoka Tano the way they are, they're gonna be able to fucking tell and explain to viewers. I think who this that's person actually, is without it being a, a who is that. I think I think even more so is that she says Ahsoka Tano, the internet explodes. A bunch of people who don't know who the fuck Ahsoka Tano is hop on Wikipedia. Now they're they fucking, figure it out. They go, oh, okay. Now cool. they've started oh, a podcast all about it. Yeah. And so I think you're probably right. That being said, you're probably right. I I'll take my licks. Congratulations, sir. You have swatted my logic down in such a brilliant way. 
I still want to see how it air plays out because that's a really big wad to blow <laughs> just so that people could Google <laughs> who Ahsoka Tano is. Like, let, me throw this, gonna... let me throw Go this ahead, wrinkle out there. I use my wife as sort of a measuring stick for this kind of stuff. Yeah. Because she's a fan of Star Wars, but very casual compared to most people that we know. Freakazoids. Exactly what I do with Amber. Okay, so I had to explain to her who Tamora Morrison is and why that his uh, cameo at the end of the first episode was important. She had no idea. And uh, but then when she when she heard that, she was like, uh oh okay i she hasn't watched the this third episode yet she loved the first two she especially loved episode number two yeah um but this one i'm very intrigued to hear what her response is i bet she's be. gonna really I, like it dude i bet she's I, gonna really like it. i will report back as soon yeah, as I, i'm actually I really curious i think she's gonna really like the action she's gonna be stoked that there's other mandalorians played by great actors and actresses i think that's going to get her really excited and i bet she's going to go who's that when she says ahsoka tano and you're like oh it's uh it's anakin's apprentice who's kind of like the main thrusting character of all of the animated series and i i bet i bet she gets excited i i i'm excited that ahsoka's coming don't get me wrong i think everybody's kind of been theorizing it for a good long while i don't want to say who the actress is that's rumored to play or just to not ruin it for people that if people are waiting to see uh, she could even be all CG for all we know. We don't know what Ahsoka's, what she's going to look like when we get to see her. But I'm just curious. I think it's pretty obvious that Dave Filoni directed episode five. So I think it's pretty clear that Ahsoka will be on the show by episode five. There's no world where Dave Filoni directs a random episode doesn't and it's not the one with the doesn't get to play with his creation. Yeah, so for sure she's in episode five, but I think you're going to get her at the end of episode four. And hey, I got to say, speaking of directors, I think Bryce Dallas Howard did a great job with this episode. She did a great job. I think, it, like, let's give credit where credit's due. I remember talking about Bryce Dallas Howard's episode and the first one and being like, oh, this was not directed well. This was rough. Whatever, whatever delicious pro directing directing protein powder she drank between episode one and two because fuck if that episode wasn't awesome oh she crushed it oh and from a and directing standpoint i it loved all great. The, i loved all the stuff on that imperial cruiser and the hallways and just like she really did a great job yeah i think i i 100 agree with you i think that her direction of this episode is far superior to the episode that she directed in the first season and um and so, yeah, dude, like so far, there has not been a miss for any of these episodes for me for this season. I'll say that. I, so, like, as much as I, I I said it, it was my least favorite of the three so far, but it has not been one where I've been like, I don't need to watch that episode ever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm good right. on that episode where I'm, there are a couple like that from the first season. Well, we know from Mandalorian season one, the first three were kind of all bangers. And then we got into the woods a little bit for four, five, six, and then seven and eight were like incredible. So I'm really looking at four and five to see where that's going to get us. I think I'm every, excited. I think every great show that is, you know, given the opportunity to find its footing by the end of season two, season three just ends up being this phenomenal thing. So I think, uh, I think we're headed in the right track here. 
Yeah, I think uh, I'm excited to see Ahsoka face off to get that dark saber. Because someone with a lightsaber has got to fight someone with a lightsaber. So, and Ahsoka's so, got two, so she could give Bo Katan one. I was going to ask. So, I mean, I don't care. You can tell me whatever uh, happened in, in the anime series, but like um, Bo Katan obviously in this episode wants the Darksaber. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm gonna, she wants to rule. She it's wants hers. to rule Mandalorian. I'm right? going to butcher the lore here a little bit. So, okay. forgive me for the Star Wars fans at home. It's not, this is not perfect. But from what I remember from Clone Wars, is that a Mandalorian created the Darksaber and was like the first Mandalorian Jedi. They were like, it was like a big deal and they ruled Mandalore. And then it became this sort of like pillar and whoever had the dark saber ruled Mandalore. And it kind of in clone wars jumped from clan to clan. The, this is the way tribe. They had it for a while, like the, the watch or whatever, which is John Favreau's who he voiced. They had the dark saber and then Darth Maul got it. So he was ruling Mandalore for a little bit. Then the Catan clan or can Cleese or whatever she calls it, uh, uh, Bo-Katan's crew got it and somehow Sabine gets her fucking hands on it and Rebels like that shit pops around the 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 dark saber is it, it is a is a moving around from family <laughs> so the dark saber so the dark saber isn't necessarily always wielded by a Jedi is what you're saying no uh, it's wielded by Mandalorians by Mandalorians gotcha. Mandalorians specifically but, a, so but like, a Mandalorian Jedi created it something like that or they they the, the the Mandalorian were fighting Jedi's and then they had to create a weapon that could compete. It's a, and I like it, it's it came up with the dark side. So I'm pretty sure it was a Jedi Mandalorian. Uh, and somebody now think we we don't have YouTube comments, so I don't need to read a <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, I feel I, I was gonna say I feel like we should just like can predicting the out of nowhere interrupt and give a 30 second synopsis right no i'm predicting getting tagged in in some uh twitter comments no, uh, the, no they don't, none, of the, none of them just watch fine. or listen I'm to a, our show they only looked at our they, tweets if if any fans of our show are listening right now and want to educate me and break me break me down some some um star wars lore i'm happy for it dude like i i i encourage learning and i want to learn more about this kind of stuff i'm I feel bad that I don't know some of this stuff by not being able to watch the animated series yet. Um, but I'm into it, dude. Like I, I've, I am into where this is going. I want to see more obviously, and I'm excited for more. So yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think we're in for a really cool couple of episodes here. I think one, I think it's really good that they've figured out a way to kind of naturally incorporate lightsabers Right. Into the Mandalorian, right. I think that that that's something that actually is kind of sorely missing from the Mandalorian. That's a big part of Star Wars: are lightsabers and lightsaber fights. And I think it would it'll be good to have a a Jedi with Ahsoka on the show. And I know that there are some. And to be honest with you, guess who else is still alive during the Mandalorian? Luke. So if people get comfortable with the idea of Ahsoka, I'm telling you right now. And Alden Ehrenreich was a great Han Solo. Get ready, because if this really starts popping off, how amazing would it be if they just went really bold with it? And it's like, well, I got to go take you to the guy that's starting the Jedi Temple. Dude, and if they could get homeboy that plays uh, Bucky Barnes. Yeah, they got Sebastian Stan. And all of a sudden, you got a Luke in there. And the Mandalorian's like, here's your baby Yoda to Luke at the very end. Like, if that's the whole thing at the end, like Luke turns around and he goes, thank you. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm not going to lie. It 
it moved a little right now when we said. <laughs> I mean, guys, they already have the Mark Hamill asset, so. And they got the no. carry asset already digitally made. I don't care I about mean, that. I want Sebastian Stan. I want. I want like a, a legit, just like actor. I don't. I don't care about like doing a CGI replacement of Mark Hamill's face. I don't need that. It would just be. I think there's a lot of really cool opportunity, and I'm. I'm proud of the three of us on this show because we are. It's this is not our bag, but we're really trying to be like open minded to the. Some of the deeper cuts. This is not like the movies that we love. This is very different. And I, I'm trying to get back to the mindset of how I felt about Star Wars pre-Last Jedi, really. Like pre-The Last Jedi coming out when it just got so toxic around loving these movies. And I just want to go back to them being a fun thing that I enjoyed with my friends. And The Mandalorian is doing that for me right now. and that's And I'm happy about that. So same. I feel good. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I don't feel like we've had a conversation like this about Star Wars in a long time. And so it feels really good. Nice. Yeah, well, man. we're going to be able to talk about it more next week. What's that Cisco? I a hundred percent agree with both of you guys, man. I, uh, I am so excited about this show. I'm, I'm very much enjoying it. I'm, I'm stoked whenever a new episode comes out so um i hope people don't misunderstand what i was trying to say about this no. episode my, from my experience but uh i am i am stoked i, I enjoyed it and i'm looking forward to more and listen i'm, I'm sorry i'm I not refer- qualifying and, and i'm also not qualifying what i said like i stand by everything that i said uh, i i'm not walking any of it back i, no. I just don't want anybody to misunderstand i think i said as- if you thought kylo ren was gonna be redeemed and also live your smoking crack. And everybody got really, I mean, if I can say that, like, and that got back up, people worked up, man. I'll never, ever tell anyone that loves Ben Solo that they're smoking crack ever again. Oh my God, baby. Testy, testy. Hey, hey you know what? You know what? For those of you that got upset with, with Alex's comment about Ben Solo, odds are you've already watched it, but just go put on the end of last week tonight with John Oliver from this week and all your dreams will come true. That shit was funny. I don't know what you're talking about, and I don't want to know, I don't think. <laughs> oh, you should watch it. I think you'll like it. Yeah. All right. You'll like it. It'll be good. Don't spoil it. All right. With that being said, Cisco, where can people find you online? Cisco Kid with 2D77 on Instagram and Twitter. Steve-O? Hey, guys. You can find me at Rex Manning on Twitter, and uh, I don't know. Come check me out on Letterboxd. You can find me at Alex underscore Backus on Twitter or at Alex Backus on Instagram. I am also on Letterboxd where I am given oh so minty fresh reviews to the weirdo movies. I'm also on Strava if you want to track my cycling workouts. Oh, <laughs> that was fucking weird. Wow. With, that, with that being said, guys, we'll see you next time on the Black Series Rebels. guys i'm here at pixar i'm about to go in uh start working on a collaboration project with pixar just kidding man i don't play that soft little baby shit man that's satan all day that evil satan stuff heavy metal shit man i don't fuck around with a little baby shit